I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, or any place else, podcast app, whatever it might be. You can also find them archived at HeidiHarris.com. You can also find me live five days a week, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on AM670 KMZQ in Las Vegas. If you forget all that, just go to HeidiHarris.com. I've got it all linked there. A while back, I came across a guy named Jason Romano. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. He used to be a producer for ESPN for many, many years. He's a man of faith. He runs a website called SportsSpectrum.com. I just came across him on Twitter and on the Internet. He interviews athletes of faith, and uh, he's just a tremendous man of God. And I wanted to talk to him not only about what he was doing with Sports Spectrum, but also his brand-new book that's come out. And it's just a real honor to welcome Jason Romano to the Heidi Harris Podcast. So glad to have you. Heidi, it's awesome to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about it. You had quite the fun career at ESPN. You started out, you know, like most people who really want to accomplish something, you started out doing, you know, the little jobs, and, and you know, maybe you thought you could do something else better, but you wound up doing this and that and the other, and then you worked your way up, and the next thing you know, you're driving all these athletes around in what they call the car wash at ESPN. I want you to explain what that is. That's pretty funny. I will, yeah. I was one of those kids who, um, you know, loved sports and still loved it to this day, but quickly realized after high school that I wasn't going to be playing it professionally. So I said, well, the next best thing is to have, you know, an opportunity to maybe talk about sports and go into broadcasting. And so I've been a broadcasting, you know, guy since I was 18 years old and went to college specifically for broadcasting, you know, did a lot of shows in college, did a lot of local stuff in my hometown of Albany, New York, and worked local radio and that circuit for three years and then the opportunity to come to ESPN came and you know I was honestly I was shocked uh, I didn't have the experience needed uh, on the you know job description per se but I went out there I interviewed Bristol Connecticut and uh, I got the job and it was a dream job just like you would expect you know I, you know, I was a producer pretty much my whole career Heidi you know I, I started out in radio I was on national radio producing radio shows for three years and then I moved over to the television side as a talent booker for our TV shows, um, so a kind of a natural transition there because you need guests on radio and you need them on television. Uh, but I began to learn how the television side worked, and it's much different than radio, and did that and had a blast for nine years, and that's really where the car wash came into play that you described. And what that is is it has nothing to do with water or cars or anything. <laughs> we would have coaches, we would have athletes, we'd have authors, we'd have entertainers, all different types of people would come to ESPN and spend a day there promoting a product, doing a bunch of interviews, whatever it was. And my job was to set that day up, to set the schedule up, and to, in essence, produce that day with them and also be a chauffeur, chauffeur be a, you know, uh, a driver, whatever it is, go get the food for them, just make their day at ESPN comfortable. So I did that for a long time uh, and had a blast and met so many amazing people. And that's really around these stories, many of the stories at least that are in my new book, are centered around that ESPN car wash. But interestingly enough, and I didn't talk a lot about this in my book, but the last four years I actually moved from being a producer on the television side to being a social media and digital media producer. And so my last four years at ESPN, I was you know, really creating content for the social media and digital media outlets at ESPN, specifically for the NFL and for other shows like SportsCenter and Mike and Mike in the Morning. So I had a fun career, that's for sure. And I loved, uh, loved what I got to do there, and it allowed me so many amazing opportunities to meet different people and to have the platform that I've had. Uh, and then it was time to take a, 
to take a, a chance, I guess, a leap of faith and, and pivot away from ESPN and go into what I'm doing now. And uh, I love what I'm doing now as sports spectrum and, and interviewing athletes and coaches on their faith. It's a, it's a real blessing. Yeah, that is a real blessing. And I, I listen to your podcast all the time and, and I find them so, you know, so meaningful. We're speaking with Jason Romano. His newest book is called The Uniform of Leadership. And he talks a lot about his experiences at ESPN and what he's learned from these various leaders and things like that. And I want to go back to something you said. We were talking about how you started out doing this and then you started doing that, the TV aspect, the radio aspect, all these things. Nowadays, when you're in the business you and I are in, I mean, you have to be able to do a lot of things yourself or you are not going to survive. You know, whether, you do, whether you're doing editing, guest booking, whatever it might be, you simply have to be able to do these things and you've got really a very well-rounded experience in it. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, when you're initially in it, right, when you're learning radio and you're learning about how to run a radio show and produce a radio show, you know, and when you work at a place like ESPN, uh, you know, you don't wear a ton of hats. You wear your one hat. Mm. So if I'm a radio producer I'm, and I'm booking some guests, but I'm not doing all the editing, I'm not running a board, per se, at ESPN for the local radio guys that know all about that. So I'm doing my job, my one job, and then you have help. The same with TV. You go over to the TV side and you have a producer and an associate producer and a director and an associate director and a booker and a researcher. And the host. So everybody has their own little individual jobs that they, you know, have to kind of focus on. And that's what I did. My focus was mostly on booking guests. And so all of these small things, if you want to look at it that way, now when I left ESPN and I went to this smaller, you know, ministry, media ministry with Sports Spectrum, I have to do all of that. So I tell people I'm basically doing six jobs now that I would normally do at ESPN as the host, as a booker, as a producer, as the editor, doing all the social media. So I'm kind of putting all the, even the, the research and the, the, the prep for each guest. Right. You know, that's six different jobs at ESPN. And that's yeah, funny. it is good. Now I see it now, you know, 20 years later, and I'm like, okay, all of those were just setting me up for where I am now. But I think this is going to be a lot of what we see in the future, especially knowing that people can do things from home, can work from, you know, on their own independently. And I think you have to make yourself as valuable as possible, Heidi, in the climate that we're in, where jobs are being eliminated for, you know, technology purposes or whatever. In this business, you need to make yourself as valuable as possible. So I don't just want to be a host. I want to be able to edit. I want to be able to book guests. I want to be able to go and do social media because, that makes me more valuable in whatever job might come in the future or whatever situation might come in the future. And it's paying off right now, certainly, for what I'm doing today. That's true. We're speaking with Jason Romano. His latest book is The Uniform of Leadership. Excellent, excellent book. Great stories about leadership and lessons he learned working at ESPN and, and throughout his uh, career. Yeah, it's so true because God is, was preparing you, basically. You were learning all these different things, and now God's prepared you for this ministry once again, to your point. You're not going to have a ton of people necessarily helping you. But if you have a gift for something, and I hear your interviews, Jason. Listen, there are a lot of podcasts out there, okay? And I, <laughs> yours is one of the few that I listen to because you know how to talk to people. You're interested in them. See, that's the number one thing to me when you're interviewing somebody. You're interested in what they have to say, their perspective, their knowledge, their journey, whatever it might be. And you're great at that. And these are things that you, you know, that you have a gift for. And now God's using you in an amazing way to explain to people uh, how these athletes, you know, allow them to explain how their faith has manifested itself in their lives. They talk about their struggles and, and things like that. And that's just super important. And I just love what you're doing. Yes, you know, I learned a lot about listening and just being interested in people from what I did at ESPN. You know, I was a producer. I wasn't the guy hosting shows, 
but I worked with the biggest names at ESPN, some of the best hosts and some of the great Hall of Fame broadcasters in the sports world that you would ever see. And so uh, by osmosis and working with these guys, that's really where I learned to you know, do what I'm doing now, I guess, because I, I was not on air in 17 years at ESPN and 20 years in professional radio after I got out of college. And so I was not sure if I was even equipped to be able to host the show. I could do everything else, but I didn't know if I could host it. Um, but, you know, opportunities came. My bosses believed in me, and I was really excited to try and see if it would actually work. And I think what I do now and the show that I host now, the interviews that I do, all of this comes from the lessons that I learned from my time at ESPN and being able to be around people who were great interviewers. And there's a secret sauce here, Heidi, and you know this because you've been doing this a long time. The great interviewers are the great listeners. They right. ask good questions, but they listen and young broadcasters, when I talk to them, I say, listen, you're going to have your prep. You're going to have everything planned that you want to ask. And I get that you want to go there. But just listen, because the best conversations come from those who are actually listening. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. And you have to be interested in your subject. And you have to let them yeah. talk and kind of let them tell their story. And you can always tell when somebody's interviewing somebody and they're just going to the next question on their list. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You never want to call anybody out either, because... You know, they're doing their job, and that's fine. Everybody mm, can do that. And, I know. And I have questions when I do my show, too, and I have questions that I want to get to. But, man, start by listening because it'll, it'll create a better conversation, I promise. Yeah, I totally get that. Hey, who are some of your favorite people you dealt with over the course of your career at ESPN? Probably Daryl Strawberry, who is a you know, legendary baseball player, but really had a lot of struggles uh, in his life with drugs, with alcohol. Um, getting in trouble with the law. He's even battled cancer. He's just had a lot of setbacks. But Daryl was my hero when I was a kid. When I was 12, 13, I'm a Mets fan, a New York Mets fan, and Daryl Strawberry was the toast of New York, and they were winning World Series. And, and I got to spend the day with him at ESPN. But not only that, it turned into a friendship now to this day, 10 years later, uh, a guy that I, that I can call and talk to about anything. And he wrote the forward to my first book and has been a great encouragement to me. And Daryl's been sober now for more than a decade and is kind of traveling around the country telling his story and encouraging people with his faith. And he's an inspiration to me. So I tell people that day at ESPN was a great day just spending it with your hero. But now, 10 years later, I can say, man, that manifested into a relationship and a friendship that I could never have imagined. I mean, how many people get to ever meet their hero, much less be friends with their hero? And I've had the privilege of doing that with Daryl. So there's no doubt Daryl Strawberry probably is number one. Yeah, and there's a great picture of you and Daryl Strawberry in this book. Real quickly, would you mention your first book? Because it's about forgiveness. Apparently your, your father, I've not read it, so I'm just going to go on what little I know. Your father was an alcoholic for many years? Mm -hmm. Yes. So the first book I wrote was called Live to Forgive. And it, it's not a book I ever sought out to write. I mean, honestly, I've never sought out to write any book. And Daryl... Uh, and I had that conversation 10 years ago, Daryl Strawberry, and at that time, uh, you know, I grew up with a dad who uh, divorced my mom and, you know, kind of went on his own path with alcohol for many years, and we had a very confusing and broken relationship uh, for about 40 years. And wow. up and down, and I moved on to my, you know, my own life and worked at ESPN and got married and had, had our kid, our daughter, but in that whole journey of my life, my relationship with my dad was strained. And uh, it kind of came to a boiling point about six, seven years ago where um, he was at his lowest moment. And I felt like God was saying, you know, it's time to forgive him. 
um, for for what's happened. And, you know, my faith is important to me, and if I'm going to be a person of faith, then I need to be a person who forgives. And I made that decision, and it wasn't an easy one. Uh, and then I've told the story a few times, and honestly, in telling the story, Heidi, that's where it led to writing a book, because people said, you need to tell more about what you went through in terms of forgiving your father and, and, and not forgiving him for many years, and then coming to a place to forgive him. Uh, so that's what it's about. It's called Live to Forgive, and uh, it's not just my story. It's as much a story about what forgiveness is and how you can learn to forgive in your life as well, not just something that you know, I've done in my life, but I believe it's something that's applicable for every person who struggles with you know, kind of moving forward when someone hurts them. Yeah, I think we've all got those kinds of things that we need to move. Hopefully we have moved forward with the, some of those, and sometimes we don't, and we need to get on with it. Your daughter's how old now? She's 16? 16. Yeah, okay, she's, well. in, she's a, getting ready to start her junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Well, when you were, wrote about it in your book, you referenced a couple things. I understand I was a bratty teenage girl. Not that you're calling your daughter a bratty teenage girl. You basically, you, you were nice about the way you put it, like she doesn't talk to you anymore and things like that. Um, I get it. And when she's 25, <laughs> she'll, she'll, be, she'll be back there. I promise, Jason. I had a fantastic dad. Yeah, I, my dad was amazing. And he was ready to kill me a couple times when I was a teenager. Well, more than once. And, uh, you know, we had an amazing relationship until he passed. And you will get there. If, even if your daughter's bratty, the important thing is she knows you're there for her. That is the thing. That's the number one thing my dad ever taught me. And I'm sure you're teaching your daughter the same thing, is that he was always there for me, no matter how much of a well, jerk I goal. was. You know, yeah. especially with the strained relationship I have with my own father, I tell my daughter, you know, the, the number one thing I just want to be in her life is present. I just want to be there for her. And, uh, you know, even in the midst of her shutting her door and locking herself in her room because she's a high school teenager and she needs her time and, yeah. and space alone, uh, she knows that I'm there for her, that I'll take her anywhere, that I'll be there for her. And, uh, yeah, that's the only thing I can do, I think, that I can really control is the fact that I love her and that I'm there for her. And, yeah. you know, teenage years are hard. I get it. And I know that <laughs> I'm, I'm trusting that God will say, listen, she's going to come back. Just, just be patient. She will. She'll, That's kind of where I am. She'll come back because <laughs> you, you can't be cool in her eyes, but you can certainly be there for her. That's the one thing. <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, Jason, great speaking with you. Once again, the sportspectrum.com is the website. You can find the podcast at Sports Spectrums. I highly, especially if you're a sports fan, even if you're not. I mean, some of these people you interview, I don't necessarily know who they are. You interview a lot of big names, of course, too. But some of these other yeah. folks, maybe at the college level, I may not know. And uh, I still enjoy listening to them talk about their journeys and their struggles and the things they've overcome. And it's all about faith. And I, I'm just, I love the fact that you're doing that. And uh, I'm going to be embarking on a little bit different uh, journey myself in that direction. And you and I will talk again about that. But, uh, you know, you can only complain about the city council for so long, right, Jason? And then you go, you know what? <laughs> Uh, you know, these same clowns have been there for all these years. I've been doing this. Okay, maybe I should do something else with my life. Just, you know, just throwing that out there. <laughs> well, listen, I felt the same way about ESPN. I love ESPN. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I just felt like I wanted to do more purposeful work. That was my line, right. if you will, that I told people. And I feel like I'm doing that now because I'm able to kind of talk to guys and gals in the sports world, but even outside the sports world, about greater matters of importance. In fact, the most important thing in so many of the people's lives, if not all of the people's lives that I talk to, is their faith, and I'm glad that we're able to provide an outlet for that. Yeah, that's so. and not only is it an outlet for them to explain it, it's an encouragement to those who maybe admire these people and don't realize how important their faith is to them. And Because a lot of, you know, a lot of interviewers don't ask those questions, and I love the fact that you do that. Jason, it's been a privilege. I'd love to talk with you again. Absolutely. Heidi, thanks for having me. Anytime.
That's Jason Romano. Check out SportsSpectrum.com. He's doing something that I think is really important, and that's why I like to highlight people like him. You know, the podcast often is about my particular opinions on various things, and that's all fine and dandy, but there are times I really like to uh, shed some light on what other people are doing. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget, you can join me weekdays live, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on AM 670 KMZQ in Las Vegas, and you can find my podcast archived at HeidiHarris.com. Also, all my social media is linked at Heidi Harris. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.